Founders Week is here, and I can't tell you how excited I am that we'll be highlighting founders of companies this entire week of March 2021. That's right, you're going to get four back-to-back episodes with guys who've launched their very own businesses and continue to challenge the process, build remarkable brands, and drive value with everything that they're doing. They're also here to share their entire journey from day one to day now and let us know what it takes to be a founder. Joining me on this final episode are the co-founders of Laria, Derek Rhodes and Nick Whiteley. We were talking about your last names. They're spelled in a unique way where (laughs) it's, it's, I would think Whitley, but it's Whiteley. So I asked Derek, I said, what's your last name? Rodes. Regardless how to pronounce the both of your names, I'm super excited you're here. You're twinning and you're both in the same Zoom call. Uh, this is this is second to nothing. I'm so stoked for this interview. Yeah, I'm telling you. So the, the thing about twinning that me and Derek laughed about before this call and before every call, actually, is every time we have a call with someone, and it can be an investor, it can be a, a media, it can be a podcast, uh, we always wear the same thing every time, regardless of regardless of what the call is. I'll show up and it'll be like again, and it doesn't matter if I I could have chosen anything out of my closet. I can second guess it and go, you know, <laughs> wear this. I'm gonna wear this instead, and still, yeah. Is that big? Know that we're on the same train of thought. So I think so, and I think that's a co-founder thing. We're gonna get into all of it. I want to understand if you guys are starting to think alike now because you're co-founders of a company. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for being here. This is your first podcast. I have to start with that. I'm honored. I'm humbled and I'm super freaking excited. You guys have an incredible company, Loria. It's something that we were talking about when we first met. I would almost say it challenges that big monkey that holds the gold. When we say we buy gold at those stores across the country and you guys have revolutionized what it means to invest in gold and give people a new idea of, of treating themselves. So we'll get into all of it. Uh, but first we're amidst the world's largest pandemic. So I would be blind not to ask you how the company has been doing for the last year and, uh, and what some of the challenges have been and how you guys have overcome it and continue to succeed, which is exactly why we have you on the show. Yeah, that's no, a great question. I mean, it's, uh, uh, launching a company is hard enough, right? Launching a company in the middle of COVID is that much more challenging. Mm-hmm. And as uh, people probably listening and anyone who's launched their own company or is thinking about launching a company, it, it's a lot to it. So the fact that, you know, we didn't launch uh, too long ago, um, but the amount of time and effort that went into where we are today is probably about two years. So it's been a lot of coming and a lot of uh, goings, putting it all together to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, launching in this environment is tricky because you have investors, you have people that are, and consumers that are a lot more conscientious with their money. Um, they're slower to um, purchase items. So we were actually excited in this environment to uh, offer a product that works in an environment where people are a little more conscientious. They want to enjoy something. They want to enjoy a luxury good. But at the same time, they want to be wise with their money. So we found actually for us, for Lauria, it was a good opportunity to say, hey, you can, you can really do both in this environment. You can buy something luxurious, like 24 karat gold, but at the same time, kind of be wise with your money. But, uh, but it's tricky uh, dealing with uh, manufacturers. Uh, and we can get into this a little bit later, but um, 
from scheduling delays, from a manufacturing standpoint, from the design, from tech, to all the different parts, uh, especially in the beginning, you're really at the whim of all these different vendors um, working for you, um, putting things together that you're having outsourced. And uh, believe it or not, no one cares about your company as much as you do. I know that's going to be a surprise. Wait, that's... <laughs> for some odd reason, every vendor that we talk to isn't as excited about our company as we are. So uh, it's taken a little bit of time uh, for us to uh, um, get them going uh, when they uh, you know, had a lot of other things in their plate. But... Yeah, I'd say. Well, good thing there's two of you to be excited about it. Devil the enthusiasm on the forefront. But that's the beauty of it. When, where did all of this get started? Were the two of you friends beforehand? I could imagine. I don't know if I'd launch a, f- a business with my friend, but now that you guys are matching, I'm assuming you probably came out the womb together. What if you're fraternal twins? That could be a thing. So we've actually, we had some DNA tests done because of that. We, we wanted know. to check. <laughs> older, but I look a lot younger. Um, but uh, <laughs> now, Yeah, I was going to say, where are the beginnings? It was, it was definitely an interesting, I think it was, um, we kind of, we talked about the idea, like I said, probably about two years ago. And yeah. it's something that we've thought about. We actually work together. Um, we're both of us uh, have a banking background. Um, so we've worked together. So we kind of knew um, each other from that, you know, for, for many years. And uh, it was interesting just thinking of having a co-founder, working with co-founders. We've had lots of different advice, you know, whether to do it, whether not to do it. But I, I will say this, um, without doubt, especially in this environment, how, th- how hard things are uh, today, um, choosing a co-founder is obviously of the utmost importance. And we could spend a whole podcast just on that. But uh, We'll call it the co-founders. I- I- exactly. There you go. There you go. Um, but it's been the best decision that I think we've made because, yeah. uh, you know, at, sometimes it's one partner who's, you know, has uh, a little bit more on their plate than the other person does, or um, one person's a little bit better at technology and then the other person and to have somebody to constantly go back and forth with, like, yeah. when you're still alone, you're kind of going through ideas, a couple of good ideas, but when you're bouncing it off of somebody that you have mutual respect for, understands and is as passionate about the project as you are, uh, to us, even though lots of people may say, Partnering, especially with somebody you know, is not a good good thing for us. One of the best decisions that we've made. Founding board point, I think, is the one which is. And we talked about like no, like said this. No one cares about your company as much as you do. Nobody. And people tell you that right before you start the company. People tell you that they're like, oh, you know, have trouble with this, that, and the other. And you're like, yeah, okay. But seriously, no one cares as much as you do. So when you have a co-founder and you've got someone like Derek says as much as you do about it that sounding board is and that support system is super important because being an entrepreneur is a super lonely life if you and doing it by yourself which is what most do um it can be lonely at times and when when you've got a when you've got someone else going through not just a similar thing but the exact same thing you are together it, it does make it easier, I think. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people in, a, in advance of us coming together, like we, as Derek said, we worked together previously. We were personal friends previously. That has its own dynamics that you have to work with. Um, like you say, like working with your friends, like is that something, is that something what you, you want to do? Like, I, I don't know. Some of your friends, you're like, absolutely not. Like it will ruin the friendship. And, and so there's that aspect. But other people also told, they're like, do you really, do you, don't you, do you want to do it with... Mm someone else do you want to do it with this person um and i think that i think derek's right in that we are similar enough but different enough 
to make it work. And I think that's that's probably the the key point is that you have to have enough similarities um, for you to be on the same page a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and at the same time have complementary skill sets so yeah. that you one plus one does equal three, which I think is kind of what happened with us, which we're lucky. So. Oh, you are lucky. Do you ever think that a co-founder relationship is similar to having like a marriage in business? I know people who are married who are also business partners. And I was like, yeah, that's a whole different rabbit hole. But to be co-founders together, that's like another marriage. You might as well get a double ring on the finger. I do have a double ring. <laughs> is that one of the, the wait, tell me that's one of your guys. <laughs> that is one of ours too. Yeah. That's one of your rings. <laughs> yeah, it is very much uh, like a marriage. Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, just Friday, my wife and I were at a restaurant. Nick called because uh, we had something to discuss. I had to leave my actual marriage and I uh, have a, you know, finally, I'm outside and I get a text. My wife's like, I'm lonely. So I'm like, I have to leave my you know, work, work wife. wife go to my <laughs> Nick, actual. you should have just went to the dinner with them. I know, right? That's But then my wife, it, it, it happens on both sides. And the funny thing is as well, is that with our relationship, each of us is very, it's very similar to, the other significant other. Oh, so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of strange that way. Like That's me and hilarious. Derek's wife are, are very similar, which is why I think it works. That's, That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> That's wait, it's gonna be called the Bromance Co-founders. So yeah. we'll save that for the next episode. I'm excited to find out how you guys built your team, uh, especially with the two of you putting your heads together to think about hiring employees and and taking Laurie to the next level um, in its early stages. That's something that you really have to think about because you're paying people, they are your responsibility. What happens with the company essentially is a lot of the work that they're gonna be doing. So you guys had to have had a strong mission and value prop in, in making sure that you built the team around it. But what were some of those first steps? Yeah, I mean, definitely on that regard, obviously picking a co-founder, if you choose to have a co-founder is ultimately the biggest decision that you're gonna make, right? Cause that can really make or break the trajectory um, of the company. Um, and while we're thrilled we did that, uh, every additional member that you bring on, whether it's a, a vendor that you're going to really rely on to produce your product um, or a marketing company that's really going to, um, that again, you're gonna rely on to get your product out there. Each of those decisions maybe aren't as important as a co-founder, but they are extremely important. Um, obviously, there's a, a million different marketing firms out there um, in our case, it wasn't a million different manufacturers. We manufacture solid 24 karat gold jewelry, um, which basically is not done in the United States. Um, and finding a manufacturer was a very difficult thing. We, uh, we traveled all over the uh, United States, all over the world actually trying to find a manufacturer. So that was um, good and bad because when we found somebody, we found somebody that does, um, you know, makes jewelry for other high-end brands. So we felt very confident in what they, they could do and what they could bring to the table. But uh, when you're kind of getting started, you have this natural, okay, marketing company, I got to check that box. Okay, fulfillment company, I got to check that box. Someone that's going to do HR kind of stuff, okay, I can check that box. But each of those checks, especially when you're starting out, I mean, you need to not only do the due diligence, but do they have the same kind of mindset? Do they cost the right amount? Are they, um, are they going to grow with you um, versus just solving an immediate problem? Like, oh, okay, they can make you know, the product for you. You know, if they get a big shipment from some, maybe a vendor that's much larger than yourself, are they going to put you on hold? You know, so doing all that due diligence, um, we've taken a lot of time and been very, very careful in, in who we choose to go with. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's been a little bit of a cost reason. Um, and sometimes 
you know, we could have done it a lot cheaper than what we have done it for, but we've just seen from a long-term perspective, these are companies that we can truly grow with. They have the same kind of code of ethics that we have. Um, and they really, um, they're excited about the idea. I think one of the things that we look, we're a very unique company. Um, they, we're not just another jewelry company or another gold investment company. We're really kind of melding of those two together. And we would speak with, with uh, um, vendors and, and potential um, employees. And if they didn't understand that vision and they really didn't, didn't get excited about it, and you could always catch it in their eye. You can see if, they're, if they intrinsically get it and they're intrinsically excited about it. And if we didn't see that level of excitement, um, where they're just like they're they're chomping at the bit to become part of it, then we would we walk away from that relationship. So it's definitely been a um, a good experience for us and a learning experience as well. We run a really lean team ourselves, and we talked about this prior to this. So we run a super lean team. We're we're big on on partnerships. Um, obviously, for us, marketing and uh, tech development it, it is is a key thing that that we. That we have internally as well as externally so um Derek definitely like seeing the passion in someone else and it's hard like as an as an employee when you're trying to find an employee it, it it's hard to make sure that you find the you find the right person because yeah. you want to see that passion and you and and it has to be a legitimate passion I think they also have to be able to walk away from the dinner table and uh take a call from you when they're with their wife right it's a prereq like I don't know what to tell you um but, yeah. but, but we, 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 we do run a lean team because I think this is the thing too, is we, we still, and maybe I think a lot of founders and a lot of entrepreneurs feel this, is you want to keep your hand in a lot of stuff. It's a hard mm. thing to let go of things. Um, I think people have a lot, I think it's, a, I think it's definitely a, a period of growth for entrepreneurs when you get to the point where you can start releasing things to other people. Um, and I have a real tough time with that. Like I, mm -hmm. I have a tough time with other people fully, fully take on things. Hopefully it's the right person though. I was going to ask you that too. I, I was really going to ask you about resources, but then I, we're just going to go into a rabbit hole of all these like applications and stuff that I think people would get confused in. So instead I want to talk about letting go of things. And, and there's a lot that I feel like aside from marketing and the stuff that people are experts in that you're probably outsourcing anyway, externally, but when you are going to build a team, they need to match your personality. They need to have cultural similarities I'm not saying they have to be born in the same hometown as you, but I'm saying that they need to understand the brand and the mission and the two of you yeah. enough to then pick up whatever you're needing them to pick up. You know, what's the saying? Um, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. I've heard that. That's my favorite saying. Cause if you're going to put something down and be able to trust somebody to continue your company and whatever that role is, say they're like biz dev business development or um, social media manager, you know, you want to be able to take pride in the fact that they are, um, you're offloading to them, but have you already taken some of those steps or are you guys still kind of hesitant to, um, I guess like hire the masses to start doing work for you guys? We, we, we're, we're taking them now, I think. And, and, and the, we're, we're, we're big on making like diverse views are important to us. Right. And, and, and finding someone that knows things that we don't, we're very conscious of things we don't know. I think, and that's, yeah. I think that's important. I think it's important to, to acknowledge that you don't know everything about everything. Um, and it's a balance with your company. And <laughs> when you've built something, you don't want to let it go. But at the same time, someone, so other people know more things about the trajectory of what you can do within a specific 
channel or a, or a specific location that you haven't thought of because you're close to it. And I think that's the benefit that we talked about with having co-founders versus founders is when you're a founder, you're very close to the problem. You're very close to the solution and you're close to the, what you want to do for people. And so when you talk to someone else about it and you're like, I want to do this, this is the best thing that I've ever thought of. And they're like, it's actually just okay. You're like, oh, really? Like that. So sometimes having a co-founder, <laughs> having a co-founder is 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 important for that conversation. And having good employees and good people who are passionate and good at what they do specifically is is also important for that. Mm. So I think we're working through finding the right people um, for the right roles for us because we do we do want to build our team out and we do want to let go of things. It's just hard. We know it's a growth. We know it's a growth point, but it's it's yeah. a hard thing, right? It's a it's it, you're the one who wants to make sure that everything, when you send a box out to someone, right? We send, we send, out, we send out all of these different uh, fulfillments that mm. go out every day, every week. But in the beginning, you want to make sure that you're touching every single one of those. Uh, yeah. You want to package every single piece. <laughs> That's... And, and you want to make sure, because you're like, I want the person to receive this, to, not, to, to receive it in the way that we intended. Because it was thoughtful and we thought mm. about it. And, and you gotta let go, you gotta let go of that. <laughs> I know at one point, may, unless, listen, I didn't even know you guys were the ones shipping out the products, but originally, yeah. And with, yeah. With, with, with small companies, originally, that is what you do originally oh, yeah. at, at the beginning of a, at the beginning of a company. Um, and obviously as you grow and we're past that now, but in the beginning, when you first, when you're first doing it, that's what you do. Cause you want to make sure that you're, you're on top of it. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're building a brand, like. Uh, it's interesting when we started a uh, customer service and um, it was surprisingly every time someone would come in, like on our website, there's a little chat box when clicks on the chat box and they chat with us that directly results in sales, right? Like we wish we, you know, we just thought it was a good thing to add if someone had a question, but yeah. the amount of times when we would actually physically touch a client through chat or through an email or they sent in a question, there's like a 50% chance that they ended up buying. So then we saw That's like, cool. Especially when you're building out that company, like those tiny little touch points, every single one of those um, is ultra, you know, is ultimately Kinda. going to lead to sale. So to give mm. that up is was scary, but you know, by, by doing it, at the end of the day, you know, we can't do everything ourselves. Eventually, but. you straight up just can't do it all. So yeah. Like, but that's something powerful you have to admit to yourself. We're the same way on the show. You think I'm going to give up this hosting microphone? <laughs> right. You think I'm going to give up the fact that I DM everybody on our Instagram? Yeah, right. Exactly. Or I edit all the tape with my producer. Like you, it's hard. I want to talk about your hardest days as an entrepreneur. It's a story that has to be told because I think it's just, it makes you guys extra special in my books on this show. There's a lot of hard days, but together or individually, have you, uh, what, what, when you look back at it, what's the hardest day look like when you said, damn, I think I don't want to do this anymore. Or, Oh my God, I'm getting in for it. Right. Or this, this is, this is what it is. Like any of those thoughts that came on a day like that. I don't think, and I'll speak to both of us now because that's how we roll. Um, I don't think either of us have had a day where we said, we don't want to do this anymore. I do think that we've both had days where you kind of think, is this what we think it's going to be? Mm-hmm. And those days are, those days are hard. Um, and if you have, I think the thing, if you have enough of them, cause it's not just once you have it, if you have enough of them, um, they get easier because, um, 
you have your own little milestones that you that, that you keep track of. Um, and and as I said, I think I think if you have enough days where where it's been hard and you're like, but does this actually work? Um, eventually, it it you, it, yeah. it turns around and and you convince yourself, yes, it does, because something happens. It's a catalyst that happens, changes your mind. And if that catalyst happens a few times, then it gets easier. But I don't know about you, but I've, I've not had, we, I don't think we've had days where we're like, we don't want to do this anymore, we're out. Yeah, we've never had days where we've wanted to quit. But I think if you think of starting off, um, launching a new company, talk about a whole nother show you could have is dark days of being an entrepreneur. And I think it's, it's marked, obviously you have the victories when that first order comes in, when that 10th order comes in, when that 100th order comes in, those are all little milestones and, and victories that keep you going. But in the beginning, um, you're constantly surrounded by, by no's, right? Like, uh, you know, sorry, we don't do 24 karat gold or, or we can't do this, or you can do this, but it costs X amount. And there's just all these hurdles and each one of these hurdles in the beginning, we're like, wow, that's a pretty big hurdle. Can we overcome that hurdle? And kind of as Nick alluded to, by the 10th hurdle you've jumped over, you're like, even though this problem seems like it's a massive problem, chances are a week from now, it's not gonna seem that big of a deal. So I just speak to the other people that are thinking about starting, like you're gonna have, you're going to have obstacles 100%, right? And those obstacles are gonna seem like they're too big to overcome or, you know what, if I get one more obstacle, it's just gonna be too much. Yeah. But with each one you get over, you're just like, okay, it's just part of the deal. It's part of like overcoming. Um, I think in, in the beginning, Another thing a lot of entrepreneurs, including us, mm. you feel like um, the idea that we had surrounding our company is one that everyone that we spoke to got super excited about. And we got super excited about and we were passionate about. And, and everyone we spoke to was, you know, like, wow, that's an amazing idea. And so you think you have all of this internal um, infrastructure and internal support systems, right? Yep. Yep. Large extent, and you're already smiling. You probably know where I'm going with this. And you do, right? Everyone's going to support you. Family's obviously going to support you. Your friends are going to support you. Obviously, yep. it's a good idea. When the rubber really hits the road, while they're supporting you, they're not exactly, you know, giving you sales. They're not exactly making things happen. Yeah. Um, so it definitely was interesting to, to us to kind of stand back and be like, you know, the people that are really making this company work are our clients that are buying from us. It's not really from that internal support, that family support um, or, or close friend support. Well, because they have their own lives, they have their own jobs, they have their own things that they're doing. And while they are supporting you, again, going back to something we said at the very beginning, no one cares about your company like you do, right? And so, um, so with that, it's just, it's been an interesting thing that we've kind of had to overcome a little bit just in those beginning days. It's just like, hey, you really are on your own. Just another thing why it's been nice to have a co-founder, somebody to work with, because then it just, sometimes when it just feels like at the end of the day, it's just us, um, you know, that's enough, you know, cause that's all we need. So, yeah. You know, what always gets me excited about doing something that didn't previously exist or going down the entrepreneur road where you're going to kind of have to figure everything out on your own, or in your case, the two of you will have to figure it out together is that there's no ceiling. There is nothing that says you can't do something or that you should do something or that there's a certain way to do Loria. Yeah. What keeps the both of you excited about continuing to just figure things out as you go? Because for most people, that is anxiety and that is stress. Yeah. But I could you the two of you have fantastic personalities, but I think it's like either you're super optimistic by nature 
or you have just gotten so down and dirty with it that you're just okay with everything being up in the air at all times and figuring it out as you go. But what keeps the both of you excited? Uh, and I'll start with this, and I'll, I'll pass it over. But I think um, when we first kind of really put some meat behind the idea of what Lauria is and what the value proposition was, it became like this locomotive that was just going. And we just wanted to be on that train because it felt like an idea that was unstoppable. The value proposition was unstoppable. And that's what we've seen, just kind of it bulldozed through um, through the, the, the vendors, the, the people that we, we work with. They're just like, this is an amazing idea. And just to see that progress every day. So sometimes in the beginning when we kind of get uh, upset by, you know, like maybe down days or something like that, we'd see the trajectory of the company was just going up and up and up. And we felt like it was, there's so much momentum behind it that you just start plowing through the barriers to the point where the barriers started just going away because I, they started seeing the momentum. They're like, hey, we want to be part of that company. We want to be part of that machine. Um, and so, and I might kill that dog, by the way. Yeah, I know. We love the dog. If you want to bring the dog on the podcast, just, you know how many dogs are becoming famous on TikTok just by going, there, it's, they have millions of followers. I was like, oh, if all I have to do is bark on a camera on my cell phone is to get 15 million followers, bring it on. Men of the hour gone. On camera during one of your podcasts, you might, you, I mean, you might get. I think, God, people would be like, what the hell is he smoking, drinking, and putting in his body? Anyway. Definitely not for the right reasons, but. <laughs> I love it. Wait, you know, it's something so exciting too. And then I want your thoughts, Nick. The. When, you, when you're an entrepreneur, everything goes, <laughs> like anything goes, I mean. Uh, I guess everything goes too, really, right? It's like all or nothing. But I've started to learn, <laughs> I've started to learn that the best experiences as a self-starter, as an entrepreneur, and as somebody who owns a company, co-founded a company, doing your own thing, you set the boundaries. And then also you can also, you just get to do whatever you want to a certain extent. And of course you want to be, I'm Japanese or I'm half Japanese, but in our culture, it's always about being as classy as possible, keeping it, you know, as, as professional, I guess. But sometimes I'm like, hell no, let loose. This is your company. You guys get to do whatever the hell you want with Loria, but it's exciting. Right. And so Nick, I wanted your thoughts too on, on I think that's yeah. the main, I think that's the, I think that's the main, that's the main difference, right. With be, with working for someone and then building something they're, they're two very different things. So, and one is not better than the other, by the way, I think that there's this whole culture of like, if you, you know, being an, being an entrepreneur or doing your own thing is better than anything else. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, it, so I, I don't think that that's the right answer. And I think that also other, it's funny because we talked about it. Entrepreneurs are very quick to use the kind of phrase entrepreneur with people with kind of, you know what, you know what I mean? Like when, when someone has an idea and you want to build something, mm. it, it's it, other entrepreneurs become a very good support system for you because yeah. they've done it. And, and, and you quickly become part of a community that knows similar things that you're going through. But at the same time, before you get to that point, when you, are, when you, when you have an idea, when you want to build something, um, on, entrepreneurs are, are very quick to say, hey, oh yeah, that's a good idea. You should quit your job. I know you have like two kids and stuff, but, and you've got to make house payments, but don't do any of that. You need to commit to this idea 100%, otherwise, you're a fake about it. So if you believe in it, 
quit everything, do that. And it's bad. It's, it's bad advice. Like for people, I think that, I think it's going to be a game plan. It's, it's very easy for people who are, who have been successful within entrepreneurship to tell people that I took risks and it worked out and they, <laughs> but I think entrepreneurs above, above all other things are not necessarily risk takers. I think they're risk managers. And I think that, I think it's important for people to know that when they're jumping into things is you can, you can do two things at once for a little bit. It's going to be really hard. Two things meaning full-time job, side hustle with you. You can do the side hustle. The side hustle has become a much bigger thing with people um, in the, in the last five or so years. Right. And you can, you can do that until it gets to critical mass and, and you should do that. Um, because it gives, it gives your passion, the fuel and the business, the fuel it needs to continue. Um, because at the same time, you, you, you're with an entrepreneur, you want someone to be a hundred percent with the company. And if they're doing something else, maybe they're not a hundred percent with the company. But if you're stressed about everything else in your life, because you've left everything to try and do this business again, you're not fully focused on the company. So, um, so I think I, 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 the one thing I would say to obviously the audience is like, I, I am a big proponent of people making things and creating things and going out. And if you find something that you think needs changing, you should change it because there's not necessarily someone else who's going to do it, but at the same time, do it in a smart way. And, and you don't, it doesn't have to be done tomorrow. You can take your time with it and you can do it right. And I think that's something that we've both kind of wrestled with, so to speak. Mm. That's cool. And it's cool because every story is different. That's why we have this week long special to understand like every entrepreneur's story is different. But then when you go meet other entrepreneurs, like when I first met you guys, it, you, you do have a different level of tick in your mind that connects to someone else who has started something, who had to figure it out from the start, who had to go outsource marketing teams, who had to go work with manufacturers. Or if you're on the media side, you had to like figure out how to create content for social media. Like there's all of that. And you just, I call it immediate respect. Anytime I meet someone who founded a company or started a brand or is just maybe even writing a book, self-starters, immediate respect. It's a different level of, of work and hustle that you have to go through, uh, which, which I think is a beautiful thing. Along with beautiful things come crazy stories. Story time again, ding, ding, ding. What's your craziest story either together? Nick's over here trying not to laugh. You can laugh, dude. It's a podcast. But when you think of the craziest shit that you guys had to go through either together, and I'm, I'm not talking about like selling your body for gold, like whatever you guys had to do, you can keep it PG-13. <laughs> What's the craziest story either together or individually that you guys have been through since starting Loria? I don't know how many crazy stories. I tell you something though, topical dealing with the pandemic. We, so COVID happened obviously beginning of last year, right? And um, beginning of 2020 and the place it hit most and hit worst initially obviously after after china was was italy italy had a really tough time and derek and i funnily enough so i think they started to really have a tough time in march in february and it was literally a year ago now yeah essentially a year ago now we flew to italy 
on a we were in we were on a search for manufacturing at the time like it, it, and more manufacturing and more like manufacturing expertise and we flew to venice the two of us and the place was a ghost town um and we flew we flew over and we were, were dealing with a lot of vendors we were trying to find someone to manufacture different parts because we do a lot of our manufacture at home in the us and we do some of it in italy because in Italy, the, the gold artisans that work over there are some of, they, they have long-standing relationships with the metal, right? They've just done the work for a long time. So they're good at it, um, the best in the world. So we wanted to find some of that. Um, and, and we ended up being there. We, we, flew, we flew home maybe three days before, a few days before they locked the whole country down. And I was a child, like a few days after that, and my wife was obviously very annoyed because Derek was like, we have to go to, we have to go to Italy and we have to, there's a couple of meetings that we have set up and we have to go now. And my daughter was being born, I don't know, a couple of weeks after the fact. And my wife was like, it could, she could come early. And I was like, yeah, but our son wasn't that early. So it's probably okay. Um, <laughs> really, we could do this thing. I was like, okay, let's go. And my wife, to be fair, and that's the like, that's we both have the same like support system from our significant others. She's like, okay, go. If something happens, though, you fly back immediately. And I was like, of course. But it was like four days. But at the same time, we managed to be in like Europe's ground zero of COVID days before it got locked down. And managed to get out of there free and clear, no problems. And the best part, we did find a manufacturer. And we found, we found two manufacturers while we were there. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <laughs> Those beginning stories, like when we first, when we think back to what we were doing in the very beginning, like, again, we've been doing this for about two years, like all the prep work and stuff like that, two years before we launched. And I remember being in New York, uh, like, well, we sell 24 <laughs> karat gold. What we, we need to buy some gold. Yeah. We get all our gold right now from a, a, mostly Canadian mines. Um, and there's somebody we could buy from in uh, the Diamond District in New York where we're buying our gold. It comes yep. from Sahi, which is a, a Canadian mine, yeah. refinery. And uh, so we're in New York. I have a backpack and I have like $250,000 worth of gold in my backpack. And I'm like, oh my walking God. meeting vendors and I'm just like, you know what? And I don't know if you've ever seen like weighed $250,000 worth of gold. It's heavy. It's, it's super shockingly. heavy. It's like you're going backpacking. And we're going backpacking. We're like, in New York. Can, the bathroom. Hey, can you just, just walk in the bag? There's, a, uh, no. a lot, there's something in there. It's a little expensive. So those are the beginning stages for us, really. Like walking around Manhattan with a quarter of a million dollars of gold. And then, <laughs> like, thinking, that like you know, well, at least, guys, you know, there's slightly better ways to do that. I was going to say. Time, it seemed like a good idea. And not many people get to start their entrepreneur journey like that. Most people are coding websites and like knocking on doors with, you know, a little baggy product. Would you like to buy this? You were mining backpack uh, gold in your backpack. That's fun. Not in the Nomad Hotel. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> at least you guys at least you'll be a yeah at least you're in a good hotel my favorite part of this conversation is coming up right about now i act like i have a time code and there's really no time code we can go for two hours if we want to i just feel like we're getting around the 45 minute mark so i want to ask you the question about advice sure. you guys have hinted at this the entire conversation but if you have any non-negotiables or top secret this is what you have to be ready for when starting a business 
with a co-founder, if you'll add some of that in there too, what is some of that non-negotiable advice you would give to young entrepreneurs or even someone in their 60s who just wants to launch something tomorrow? Yeah, uh, I think you should go with, from the, from the perspective of, I think we touched on it, Derek definitely touched on it earlier today about people, people not caring. Yeah, I think anyone who's looking to launch, uh, I mean, first off, uh, just to launch to, because you want to be an entrepreneur, I think is a bad, a bad idea, right? So the first, it really comes down to the product, you know, um, and, uh, and Nick said earlier, which I really liked, um, being an entrepreneur isn't just about taking risks. You are taking risks, but it's about managing that risk. And um, first, it kind of really starts with that, with that product. Do you have a product? Is it something that um, is not only has a marketing chance, but there's a place for it in the market. It's uniquely different. It offers some kind of value proposition that nobody else is offering. And is it scalable? Is it something that there's enough demand for that product? But really sitting back and doing the math, um, you know, we've come up, we've talked about a bunch of different companies. I know for the last 10, 15 years, um, I've looked at personally just a bunch of different ideas. Um, I looked at buying different companies. Um, I ended up buying one company that I, I fixed up a little bit and I ended up selling. Um, but I, I was always on this search for like something that was meaningful, something that was good. And I, and I didn't find it for 10 years. I searched and just, I wasn't finding anything that really made sense. And then when we kind of came on this idea together and we kind of developed this idea, it, it just checked all the boxes. Is it something I'm passionate about? Is it something that there's a true market for this? Um, is anybody else doing it? Um, why aren't people doing it? Is it because there's no market for it or it's just, it really is kind of a, a new revelatory item. Um, and really checking those boxes and being very honest with yourself. Um, if I did everything perfectly, which you're not going to do, but if you were to, does this really have legs? Can it really go somewhere? So I think once you have that and you've checked those boxes and so it's like, this is something that has enough of a market share or has enough of an ability to, to get enough market share or has enough to get it off the ground. Um, the next thing is when you actually are taking that risk and jumping off and going to do that, it, it's, it's just a lot of hard work. We've had um, a, a shocking amount of amazing little, almost like coincidences that happen with finding good vendors, which was a, a crazy thing, good gold suppliers. And we've had lots of, um, I, I don't want to use the word lucky, but because again, we were looking and searching everywhere for it. When they pop up, it'd be like, wow, this is perfect. But uh, um, just knowing when you do eventually launch with that idea, um, it's nothing but hard work. I mean, it is, it is slogging it out day in and day out. And what is surprising is even when you're trying to give people money, right? You're trying to give a vendor money. They're just like, hey, I just need you to build this technology for me. This is how it's going to work. This is what it is. You know, I just need you to, to do X, Y, and Z. Packaging. Packaging took us a year to put our packaging together, like over a year, actually. Um, just know vendors do not move at the same speed. Everyone else is not going to move at the same speed as you because going back to what we said earlier, no one cares as much as you do. And I had a, a friend entrepreneur say to me, um, you know, Derek, it's like basically, you know, pulling a donkey up a hill, right? That's what it is trying to get people that you're even paying, you'll pay. To, to actually do good customer service. We did good quality them. work. We didn't believe them right now. We're, we're giving them good money. We're doing this. They should have everything ready on time. Nobody's on time. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, we're, like, we're ready the day before. We're all ready to go. But you're, you work at the speed of those who you're working around. That's why picking good partners and good vendors is so ultimately important because 
you will work at their speed. Um, so that's kind of the initial thing I'd throw out. A hundred percent. And I think you touched on this and I think, I don't, I don't think the people who are, who are listening think this, um, but there's a, if you tr- if you want to get out of your kind of in- working for someone else to work for yourself because you want to work better work life balance, it is not that. <laughs> you, I'll triple that because it 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 is you are not becoming a work entrepreneur to have a better work life balance. Your work There's life no way descends into its work all the time, and it's. I tell you something though, it's. It's a different kind of work. Yeah, yeah it's, of course. It's important. It's it, when when you are building something and when you're passionate about something, the work doesn't feel the same. No. And it, and uh, it, it it's it gives you so much more joy doing it um, that you will want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that you almost have to prepare your families for, yeah. which is like, hey, I'm going to do this. Oh, maybe you can, ha- you know, you'll be at home more or you'll do this, that, and the other. Prepare them that you won't be because you'll go, this is going to be the next child you have. This business. You're going to love it. it you're going to love it. So much. You want three kids now. Let's leave it at two. And that third one's going to be my company. Really? That's going to be my company. Just, be- just believe it because it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's the beauty with it is, Nick mentioned like it's not work anymore like whether you're doing a thousand dollar an hour work you know dictating you know the direction of the company or you're doing fifteen dollar an hour work packaging it's it's not work it's you enjoy it it's just become and that's uh, what, what what starts to happen is you 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 toil the ground you sow the seed you water it and after time that that order pops up and it's it's that life it's that new life coming up and it growing and then it grows and something else pops up. And this, this very amazing thing happens. You start to see hope and you start to see like, hey, this is going to work. Not only are we passionate about it, we did all this work, but all of a sudden these little sprouts start to grow and you're like, wow, this actually works. And it's just like, again, going back to the child illustration, you start seeing your kid walk for the first time. You're like, wow, he's, you know, he's not, you know, it's gonna he's work. He's figuring it out. He's figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, it's, it's also, it's the most exciting and rewarding thing you'll also ever do. And it's, and I can't stress it enough. It's not work anymore. Um, that's why the family is to be prepared because you're not working till 12 o'clock at night. You're doing something you really enjoy till 12 o'clock at night. Oh. 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> I, even on, yo, people say that. I, had ne- I haven't had a late night since I started this show, but I'm, I think it's different. So I'm very morning person. Like I'm a morning bird. So I'll wake up at like five to start working rather than staying up till 11 or 12. I just can't do it. But everybody operates on different time codes. Oh, it's funny as well. I and mean, you talked about the clock on thing. Derek and I run on shifts because we oh, that's nice. We like overlap. He's a super morning person. I am not. And bear in mind, I have like, I have like a one-year-old. So I have, yeah. but I'm not functional. And, but I will work into the early hours and Derek picks it up at the very early hours of the morning. And it That's all, nice. You almost cover the day between the two. Wow. <laughs> you guys are a full circle duo. Let's say that. Yeah, wait for our book to come out, you know, after. Uh... <laughs> wait, let's title it right now. If you had to title the book, what would you say? You got to put the word co-founder, duo, co-partner, bromance, something's in there. Right, exactly. Um, a long title. Yeah, I, I don't know. Chapter one will be our title. Right. Yeah. Wait, chapter one, that's the name of the book? No, I, the, our whole first chapter is going to be the length of our title. Yeah. 
I think it, it has to be something about us wearing the same thing all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. <laughs> it is symbolic. And how you, yeah, how you end up after working together and accomplishing so much together and, and finishing each other's sentences and wearing right. the same polo. Pull it naked and afraid. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We're compliance first so yeah wait, I just, wait, you know <laughs> everything i told you everything goes or all, all things go at this point where do right. you guys want loria to go going forward i'm sure you guys have seen mass amount of successes and you know tons of customers start flooding in but where do you want this community of people that believe in your brand and your team your manufacturers everybody where do you want this community and brand of loria to go we're super excited about it. Um, the the way that we connected with the community that we wanted to connect to, which really is that that mindful consumer. Like we talk about it a lot in the um, the main thing of, about what Lauria does is allows you to enjoy your wealth today without having to sacrifice saving for tomorrow. It was really one of the the genesis of of how, why the company came to fruition. Um, and jewelry is that connecting factor um, to people. Um, and I think over the next few years, we're going to deepen that connection with each of our consumers. What, what, we, what we want with every investor in Maria, um, we want to have a long-standing partnership with them. And that's why we have a portfolio, right? That's why everything they buy sits in a portfolio. Because once they buy something, we're not done with you. Like that, you don't you don't just buy it and then off you go. We we want to we want to keep talking to you and we want you to we want you to use this as a place where you can continue to enjoy and continue to save wealth. So I think there's going to be a lot, and we're not going to talk about all of it, but there's there's going to be a lot of of broadening of what we offer um, outside of jewelry. Um, there's going to be a lot more deepening of where our technology takes you um as a as a consumer because at partially like we we sell 24 karat gold jewelry but our ecosystem is very technology driven um and we want to leverage that and we want to make sure that we're we're helping you at every point in that saving cycle so we have a lot of rollouts and, and releases to do with that coming up so it's it's exciting it's exciting we're super excited cool I'm ready for it. I'm excited. I love seeing that type of stuff come to life because it's like, again, it was not in existence at one point. And then here we are chatting about it, even though you can't give us the exclusive. I'm sure there's some disclosure stuff in there. It makes total sense, but I'm excited to see what's to come. Where is everybody going to be able to find you guys most directly? I love your Instagram page. So like, where's everybody going to be able to find everything about Laria? Uh, so obviously you can go to www.maisonlaria.com. Um, our Instagram, you can find us at Maison underscore Lauria, and you can find us on Facebook at Maison Lauria. Um, we really do want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. Um, so uh, feel free to DM because me and Derek, as, as you can probably tell from this podcast, same as you, uh, you may get one of us. That's uh, fun. We keep, our, we keep our hands in. So, um, so we definitely want to hear from you. Um, and uh, <laughs> you may end up talking to one of us. That's where it's at. You guys were the ones who started to do everything and continued to do everything for the brand. I'm so glad you stopped by this podcast, guys, because it's it's 
us building a community around what you guys are also focused on, which is investing in the people who are uh, coming to your brand. And it's the same thing we do here. Uh, you guys were the first special we've ever done. And I'm so excited. I'm happy because I've had a soft place in my heart and a special place for founders and entrepreneurs since, I mean, I'm 24. So you can say probably for two years now, I've definitely loved talking with people who are go-getters and self-starters and entrepreneurs, but you guys made the, the week of this special possible. So thank you so much again for joining the show. Um, and then any last minute things you want to say? Uh, I, I haven't done this on any episode, but I'm, I'm happy to leave the floor open. What do they call it? An open forum? Do you have anything else you want to say or shout or doesn't even have to be related to the business? How about the book? If you want to go back to Naked and Afraid? <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, I just, I would encourage people that are looking to, you know, they have an idea in their heart. They have something that uh, they're trying to give birth to. Uh, they're not sure how to do it. Um, it's, it's hard, but there's nothing more fulfilling and uh, there's nothing more exciting that, that you'll ever do. So I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, who's thinking about maybe breaking out and finally kind of taking that step and, uh, and getting out there. Um, you're not alone and uh, um, it's, it's worth the gamble and uh, you, you won't get anything more rewarding than that. For sure. And reach out. We're, we're, it's, we want to be accessible to people. So, um, and even other entrepreneurs, like we, we, we're, we're thankful and we want to contribute to that community as well. Yeah. So a lot of people helped us on the way and we want to do the same for others. So yeah. if, if, you, uh, if you create value for others, that will, that will be, you will be rewarded in spades for it. Yeah. Couldn't have asked to end the podcast any other way. You guys ready to end the podcast now? Thank you for having us. Looking, awesome. looking forward to round two. Oh, I can't wait for it. You guys come back when you're ready to launch the book and start doing some more stuff around the company and I'll happily tell you. There you go. That'll be where it all goes. <laughs> I love this, Nicholas. Nick Whiteley or Whiteley and Derek Rhodes or Derek Rodes. However you want to say the names, it doesn't matter because you guys are freaking cool as hell. And I'm so glad you came by the podcast. Thank you for allowing us to crown you men of the hour on the men of the hour podcast to everybody listening. Thanks for being here. Once again, this is a, what do you call it when you have five episodes back to back? So I hope you guys are hanging on tight because we've got more stories coming up. And again, it is led by the story of these founders. And it's very exciting to hear what you guys are doing. So thank you so much again for tuning in and we'll see you guys, hear you guys and talk to you guys next time. Hey everybody, Justin here. I really hope you all enjoyed these episodes during Founders Week on the Men of the Hour podcast. The story of an entrepreneur is one that I could not go without telling while we keep producing this show. So I hope you learned something and are now inspired to take the road less traveled in whatever it is you want to do. For more on Laria and to use our code Men of the Hour when purchasing, just head to mysonlaria.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-L-A-U-R-E-A.com. And you can also find them on Instagram at myson underscore Loria. Thanks for tuning into Founders Week, my friends. And now get out there and build the best version of yourself. And don't forget to smile at somebody today.